Hi, broads and new listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited to share my birth story with you all. Um, Jess and I recorded this episode earlier, but reflecting kind of on my birth experience, I was overwhelmed with gratitude, but also heaviness knowing that there are so many aspects of privilege that played into this birth experience, not only just from the simple fact that I'm white, but also that I am wealthy and healthy enough to experience a home birth with a caring, competent, licensed midwife. And, you know, I'll, I'll be talking more about this on my Instagram and I'll be posting um some links and stuff for more info, but I just wanted to share in in case it's something you're not aware of when I talk about what it means to have privilege to just even be white and give birth. um, The infant mortality rate for babies of black mothers is double the rate of babies born to white mothers. Black mothers in the U S die at three to four times the rate of white mothers in 2017 in New York City, black women were 12 times as likely to die from pregnancy related causes as white women. And before you think that this is just limited to, you know, the issue of, of um, prenatal care or poverty or any of those things, well, a 2016 analysis found that black college-educated mothers who gave birth in local hospitals were more likely to suffer severe complications of pregnancy or childbirth than white women who never graduated from high school. Medical racism exists. I mean, just to throw in a couple more stats and a little bit more information, half of white medical trainees, according to national surveys, still believe such myths such as black people have thicker skin or less sensitive nerve endings than white people. Another study revealed that black patients are 22% likely than white patients to receive pain medication. So all this to say that we need to do something about this and something needs to be done. Black midwives once pretty much birthed our nation. They they handled the majority of the births in our country at one point, and now they make up 1% to 2% of our nation's midwives. So safe pregnancy and birth is a privilege, and it shouldn't be. We need to give Black women the power back to birth safely and birth peacefully. And Black women deserve compassionate care. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment to say that before the episode, if you have the capacity to give financially chatty broads as a podcast, will be matching donations up to $4,000 and I Becca will be also matching donations up to $4,000. So We'll be matching donations up to $8,000 to uh, help fund Black birth workers. And I will have more information on my page about and on the uh, 
and on the fundraiser link about where exactly this money will be going to, but we will have a uh, link in the chatty broads bio on the episode show notes and a link in my Instagram profile uh, as well. So anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge the reality of what it means to have privilege in pregnancy and birth. And uh, yeah, I just felt like it was important to talk about that before diving into this episode, because I am truly thankful and full of gratitude to be able to have such a joyful, peaceful, and safe experience. And, and I want to bring awareness to the fact that that's not the case for everyone. Um, but with that, I do hope that you enjoy this episode and I hope that it brings you some joy and brings a smile to your face. And I'm very honored to be able to share it with all of you. So with that, let's get into the episode. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Oh my lord, broads. I can't believe it. I can't believe who I am staring at right now. (laughs) Why does it feel like we haven't recorded in years? It feels like an eternity without you. And I can't believe though you were already willing to do this. In typical Becca fashion, here we... It's one week. (laughs) You missed one week. And we're back in the saddle. But I mean, let's be real. I'm sitting here doing the same thing I would be doing anyway. I'm literally just sitting in bed and I'm feeding him right now. I mean, what else would I be doing? So and, why not hop on and, and hop Rods, on? I am looking at Franklin's precious, precious little head. Oh and you can gosh. too, if you go watch our YouTube. Go watch the YouTube, listen on the <laughs> pod. P.S. If the sound quality is funky, we apologize. But listen, Becca is attempting to be an audio engineer while also breastfeeding while also having another child. So, you know, it got a little sketchy this morning, but we're going to figure yes. it out soon. <laughs> be honest, for those of you tuning in who haven't lately, we normally have like pristine audio, even though we're recording remotely. But today, of course, of course, we of had course. some glitches. Oh, now we're recording via zoom audio anyway not that any of you care about that we know what you're here for what i'm (laughs) here for are you kidding me what i am here for listen becca would not tell me anything not Not a word because she's like you have to hear it irl with the broad squad so i've been like itching she was like hey are you down to record the my birth story episode in a couple days and i'm like uh are you kidding me (laughs) i didn't think i was gonna get this soon where do we even like how should we start how should we begin what do we do here i mean oh my god i let's let's say that we maybe start with your what your plan was because we never discussed an actual plan and then we can go from there and compare what happened okay so for those of you that don't know First time around, we had Ruth at a birth center, which is kind of like a lovely go between between like a hospital setting and like a home birth setting. So I basically when I was I was pretty far in active labor when I headed to the birth center and how that works is you have them there. 
they check up on you for like a few hours and then you go home. So that was my experience the first time around. And so the first time around, I was in early labor for started around like maybe 10 or 11 p.m. on like a Thursday night. And then I had early labor all through the next day, made it very hard to get any sleep. And then I was in pretty much active labor all Friday night. And then I gave birth to her Saturday morning at like 10 a.m. So that was pretty long. And I decided this time around, I wanted to do a home birth. Honestly, uh, the first time around was so smooth, but like the main benefit being that we, one, didn't have to drive to a birth center. And then two, now we live in a home. And at the time before, we were kind of like in a smaller, more like apartment setting. And it wasn't like our, our you know, sort of permanent location. So yeah. we're like, eh, let's not do it. So anyway, this time around, we're like, let's do it at home. Uh, I had found a midwife down here in like the Long Beach, Orange County area who had a really good reputation and I, we really liked her. She has like a much more, um, she definitely, well, also I think a lot of times she only takes second time moms. So she has like a much more relaxed oh, approach. Okay. Whereas time, okay. Yeah. The first, our first experience with the midwife was like a little bit more like medicalized, which I didn't mind at all. And it was great for the first time around, but the second time, this second time I wanted more of like a hands-off kind of approach mm -hmm. and like, just kind of let me do my thing, but th be there in case, you know, anything is to go wrong, that sort of situation. So she was like very relaxed and, and, you know, kind of was just like letting me make decisions throughout my pregnancy and, and uh, yeah, just very like, very, very chill, but she has, she's very chill, but very competent care. And so, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a plan. Like my plan was, you know, we, we had the birth tub that we were going to get. We also have the hot tub in the backyard, but like our house is right up against an alley and there's like lots of weird people. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll feel like safe or like, like, I don't know if I'll feel comfortable to be like vulnerable in the middle of giving birth, like in the backyard when I have all these like weird meth addicted people wandering around in the alley neck like 15 feet away like lighting off fireworks and stuff i would understand can you imagine you're just in the middle of giving birth to franklin and there's just fireworks exploding behind oh, your literally, house it has, been, it has been crazy in the alley next to our house so i'm like i don't really think my midwife is like so beautiful let's do the top and i'm like i don't know about All that these stray cats are just like coming around I'm like, I don't, not really. I'm not sure if that's the vibe I'm going for. I see where you're coming from. But so we, we got to actually our, my friend, um, Sierra, who came on and talked about sustainability, like in December on the podcast, she sent me, uh, her birth tub that she didn't even end up using. She like mailed it to me from New York, which was so sweet. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And so I just had to buy, like you buy, uh, you buy like a liner to go into it and the liner's all sanitized and anything and everything that we just pop it in. I'm just going to explain this because I, I got questions about it on my Instagram. Like you get a you get a, a brand new like special sterilized hose and you get an attachment to your shower or your faucet. And then that's how you fill it up, like from the from the faucet or shower into the tub. And then you get like a little sump pump when, once everything's done and another hose 
or you don't necessarily need another hose, but, and you then pump the water like into the toilet and then that's how you get rid of it. And then you, that's yeah, true, because I was wondering about the, the getting rid of it process. It was super smooth. Really? They did everything in like 20 minutes. Yeah. They pump, you pump all the water into the toilet and then, you know, you just wrap up the liner and, um, you know, put it in a plastic bag and dispose of it. And then the tub's totally clean because oh. you have the liner. So and then you just deflate the tub and bada bing, bada boom. You got yourself a kiddie pool for the rest <laughs> of the summer. Here you go, Ruthie. <laughs> so so anyway, I didn't know how that worked either. And then, um, you know, you have like a birth kit and you have uh, like new packs of medical equipment and stuff like I don't know, scissors to cut the cord and all those random little the bunch of pads you put down, all that stuff. You buy all that before. Um, and then we have a hospital that's about 10 minutes away. And so basically, like, if anything is to happen, I mean, you you have the baby's heartbeat being monitored intermittently with a Doppler, like, pretty frequently. And, you know, the midwife is trained. So if there's any kind of, like, decrease or dramatic increase like in the heart rate if they sense that baby is going into distress or anything like that um you just transfer to the hospital Mm -hmm. and because you know midwives are trained and they're skilled they know they can you know figure out if something's going wrong and get you get you over there and they'll call into the hospital and whatever i mean i wasn't really worried about that because if you've had a first uncomplicated vaginal birth the chances that you're going to have a second uncomplicated vaginal birth are pretty high so having already done it like a year ago i was feeling pretty confident and this pregnancy has been really easy there's nothing wrong my blood pressure was great throughout pregnancy all that so i was feeling pretty good i will say i didn't um i didn't i didn't prep like i did with like with ruth i did literally everything Oh, Read you were doing everything. everything. <laughs> I was like eating. I was like eating like 10 million dates a day and drinking like red raspberry leaf tea and doing like everything. Um, meditating, doing my hypnobirthing and my prenatal yoga. Like, and yeah, was just like kind of overcompensating, which is good. It definitely helped uh, during the process. The only thing I did this time, I mean, the other thing is with a second baby, the pregnancy goes way faster. So I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I need to start doing my evening primrose oil suppositories. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that till like, you know, end of the third trimester. And then I was like, wait, bitch, you're like 37 weeks. Like you're there. <laughs> this is the end of the first, the third trimester. Like, I mean, when you're taking care of another little one, I would imagine it just flies by at a speed that is unrecognizable compared to the first. Cause when I was, I know yeah. just being pregnant with Ember, I'm like, this pregnancy lasted for a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing else to think about. And you're like paying so close attention to you're like, yeah. you know, 17 weeks like and three days 17 weeks and four days like that's kind of how you're handling the pregnancy this time around it was not like that at all and the feeling of like wait what the fuck like i'm 33 weeks i'm gonna have this baby like months what flew by so i didn't even like really have time to put in the prep but then i was also like you know i did this 15 months ago 16 months ago like i'm pretty sure I can do it again. And like I, I, some of 
going to be muscle memory, right? Like I'm going to yeah. remember how to, yeah. how to do this thing. But I was getting nervous because I think I was telling you, like, mm-hmm. you already know what's coming. So I would imagine that's the, it's a weird coupling of like, there's the security of knowing what's coming. And then there's the fear <laughs> of knowing what's coming. Cause you're like, I don't know if I feel like doing that again though. <laughs> Cause I remember the ouchie parts. Exactly. You're sort of like, yeah, you're like, I can totally do that. But like, it's not a concept anymore. Like yeah. the first time around, like when you're thinking about the experience, like it's all very conceptual and you know, you, it, it is kind of true. You don't really like remember the sensations clearly, but what I would remember is like my lucid thoughts that I remember specifically having during labor. Like I never want to do this again. <laughs> and like, like that kind of oh, the horror <laughs> or like, yeah. So I remember, oh I sort of remember those thoughts and that was kind of tripping me out. Cause I was like, Oh damn. Like, this will be interesting. But the one thing I talked about this the last with Ruth's birth story, I really like the one thing I was focusing on is I didn't want to push until I had to, because for all you first time moms out there, if you start pushing like you, you don't necessarily always have to start pushing right at 10 centimeters. And Justin and I both did that and ended up pushing for like three hours and we're fatigued and so exhausted and swollen. And I think yeah, it, it yeah. does a number, it does a number downstairs. Like I think in the recovery process, I'd imagine because you're just putting so much like stress there. That was the one thing since talking with you over the past like year and a half, that's been my biggest takeaway that I'm like, if I have a, ever have another little one, I'm going to be pretty insistent on this because... Three not pushing until hours like, or however long was just it was too long <laughs> yeah and for me like the first god i i don't know how long because i didn't have any concept of time but for a pretty long time i wasn't actually having the sensation to push i was just like trying to push yeah and was expending yeah. like so much energy and what saved me is they're like feeding me little bits of banana and honey and i sw- and after like having thrown up a bunch like throughout labor mm-hmm. and having been having had so little sleep like i don't know if i would have made it if i hadn't had those like little pick-me-ups i was so tired by the end of it oh yeah and when she was born you know i just like passed out um anyway so yeah i know you and i had that shared experience and i was like i don't want that to be the case this time i'm literally not doing anything like i've heard some women will like fall asleep for like two hours once they reach 10 centimeters and then have the urge to push after. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to listen to my body, you know, as long as baby's fine and everything, I'm just going to take my time and not push until I absolutely feel it. So that was the one thing that I had the intention of, and I kept really thinking on and meditating on. So let's get into the, I don't don't think there's anything else as far as the plan. Oh, um, I was planning on my mom being there. My mom had plans to come to long beach on my due date. And she was going to be in Santa Barbara, like in the area a couple of days before. And, uh, I sort of thought he would come early, but I was also sort of prepping, like, who knows, maybe I'm going to go like 10 days over my due date. Like could be weird. I don't know. I was trying to not, you know, get into too into my head about it. But uh yeah. 
I also like was feel I was feeling really good like I was with Ruth too. And everyone was saying, like, you look, you feel too, you know, you feel too good and you look too good to like have a baby anytime soon. And I definitely had that feeling of like, yeah, I, I like I don't want to go two more weeks, but I definitely could. Like it's not unbearable by any means. I mean, it was like I was getting really sick of just like sitting on the couch or even just laying down was uncomfortable because I felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, but I felt pretty good. Broads, let's pause quick. We all have those days or weeks or maybe even months when something just feels off. You might not be able to put your finger on it, but something just isn't right. Anytime I'm not feeling myself personally, I have one surefire way to reset and that's a great night's sleep. And in order to have a great night's sleep, you need the best sheets available, right? Come on. And that is why I switched to Etitude. Etitude's premium bamboo bedding is changing the way people sleep and live. Their sheets are different in so many ways, and you can absolutely feel the difference. They're so soft. After sleeping on Etitude sheets, everything else just feels like sandpaper. I can't go back now. I just can't. Um, and all of Etitude sheets are hypoallergenic, which is perfect for sensitive skin. Plus, they're antimicrobial, proven to kill 99.9% of microorganisms. Why not try Etitude? All of their clean bamboo bedding is 100% organic, vegan, and made without all of the harsh chemicals traditionally found in bedding. Better yet, everything is made sustainably, making Etitude planet-friendly. And if you're still not convinced... They offer a 30-day risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund. I would be shocked. Broads, you're going to want to order from Etitude because apparently people have been catching wind of the amazingness that is this company, and they're selling like hotcakes right now. So grab yours before they sell out for real. I'm telling you, this is one of those, this is one of those companies that we hear about from the broads. I hear about it from all my family members. I got all of my family members' Etitude sheets they I think they love me still because of it like it was a they were kind of iffy about loving me I gave them the sheets now they love me forever attitude sheets they're soft as silk breathable as linen but at the price of cotton you're going to love them and right now our listeners will get 20% off their sheet set and free shipping just text chat c-h-a-t to six sixty four thousand the only way to get 20% off your attitude sheets and free shipping is by texting chat to 64,000. That's C-H-A-T to 64,000. Now back to Becca. All right. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about now when it started to kick in. So the night before... I did. We did watch a scary movie with our friends. And I will remind you that the evening that I went into labor with Ruth, I was watching World War Z and I'm terrified of zombies. And I was watching World War Z with my parents. And that's when I started having uh, contractions and lost my mucus plug. It, so. like, the fear pops the plug out of you. I don't know. Granted, I was... 40 weeks and two days when I went into labor with Ruth and I, it was the night before my due date when we watched a scary movie. Okay. So coincidence because you know, but it, it certainly could have helped. We watched the invisible man. It's terrifying and so good. Oh my God. I'll watch those it tonight. Movies. I've been needing a good scary movie in my life. Really good. It's really good. So anyway, we watched that. I wasn't feeling like any real, signs of i mean like for the past couple of weeks i had been having like pre pelvic pressure 
and like lightning crotch and that sort of thing. But it had been going on for weeks. So every day I was kind of like, oh, is this like a sign labor is going to start? But it had been going on for a while. So I didn't really feel any different. Well, the morning of his due date, it was probably like I was still kind of half asleep and it was probably like six in the morning, five thirty six in the morning. And I was feeling cramps and I was trying to just sleep through them. But they were probably coming like it's hard to tell because I was half asleep, but probably like every 10 minutes or so. And I was kind of half asleep, just thinking like, oh, maybe I'm just feeling weird. Like maybe it's more pelvic pressure. But then I kind of fully woke up when once Ruth woke up and came into our room and I realized like, yeah, I'm having like contractions probably like every 10 minutes or so. And and then I went into the bathroom and I wiped and I had a little bit of pink mucus. It wasn't like the full on mucus plug, but I had some pink tinged mucus. And I was like, all right, today's the day. And I just <laughs> started scrambling because like, let me see if I have my contractions timer. Um, I think I, I think I was timing a little bit. Uh, let's see. How long were they lasting at this point? Like I know it was 10 minutes in between, but. Uh, they were really short. They were maybe like 20 seconds. Okay. So, but then they were coming like, they were, yeah, they were coming like at eight, at eight seventeen. like I had a contraction at eight seventeen and eight twenty three. So it was like six minutes apart, but they were really brief, like 20 seconds. But I was like, okay, like who knows? I, I had been having everyone tell me like second baby can come really fast, even if you had a super long first labor. So I was like, all right, I got to be prepared. We and had we've been listening on- to all these birth stories recently of people who had the, like the f- most quick labors ever, like all this precipitous yes! labor. And so now there's this fear yes! of like, this baby's going to come in 30 seconds. Yeah. So Ruth yeah. was wide awake. So I'm like, okay, let's call your mom, Gray. His mom started driving down to pick up Ruth. This is like at 830. I called my parents because they were going to come that morning. And I was like, you guys better get on your way. Like... Things are gonna, things are happening. Like, you better come. I was like, I'm gonna have this baby by noon. That's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, not really, but I was sort of like, it could happen. Your air horns are going off. Why, why, why? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. so, so Ruth got picked up. And then, um, like, kind of as we got into this sort of morning routine, they started to like space out a little bit and they were pretty weak. And I had all these little plans of like the pro I was literally like, I'm I got to finish my taxes like right now, like before the baby comes, I was like sending invoices. Like I was doing all this shit for like a couple hours. I was like, Oh, oh got to get my ducks in a row. Um, insane. I would just be like, feed me things, do whatever you're like business woman. Oh my God. I, like, I, can't. Oh, shit. I hadn't, fi- I hadn't finished filling out some of my midwifery paperwork. And so my oh midwife my was like, project for early labor and i was like okay fine i'm gonna fill out this paperwork <laughs> he's like i'm uh, having a baby i don't want to have to be an executive right now yeah so i was doing all that stuff and then like around noon or one i was like i had plans to do more projects around the house but like i need to take a nap i'm exhausted and thankfully i had gotten like a good eight hours of sleep the night before okay, so good. i was well rested but i took another nap uh, and I passed out for like an hour and a half or so. And you were able to sleep well, fine. I wasn't like f- ever fully asleep because I was still having contractions, like maybe every like 12 to 15 minutes or so. Okay. 
And once in a while, I'd have a random one that would feel a little bit more strong. So I didn't get like a full sleep, but it was like a nice little nap. And then my mom and my and I had called my mom and Nana. I was like, okay, you know, no, no crazy rush, actually. Like things are okay. (laughs) So they got there early afternoon, pretty much once I was done with my nap. And uh, we just hung out around the house. I was just kind of laying around on the couch and then I think around like four, we're like, okay, let's go for a walk. And I hadn't done this uh, when I was in early labor with Ruth because I hadn't slept at all the night before, really, because I had been in early labor. And so I was like, yeah, I don't want to take a walk because like a walk can definitely have labor pick up. But if I do have like a lot more time, like it's probably best to try to rest and conserve my energy girl the things you learn when you've had one already it's kind of mind-blowing to me like like you said you're like i wasn't quote-unquote preparing as much but especially since you had ruthie so like like it was just so recent the fact that you're even processing through that is like oh shit this is not something that i would have done the opposite during my uh all right and i did the opposite during my labor with ember it was like Use all your your energy to get the baby out as soon as possible. Yeah, it's definitely really different the second time around. Um, And so, and I was feeling kind of anxious in the morning. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, great, I'm not ready to push out a baby today. Like, let's keep this for another week or so. But then as the, you know, as the day goes on, uh, I can only like it's funny because I likened it to like a psychedelic trip that day, like on Instagram. But it's funny because it is sort of like that. It's like if you're if you're doing a drug or something and at first you're all anxious and then when it doesn't start to kick in, you're like, wait, what the hell? Why do you take more? Like, let's get this going. What is happening? So that's kind of how I felt when it doesn't kick in. You're disappointed. You're like, exactly. And then you're like, what the hell? That's exactly how I felt. I was like kind of anxious in the morning. One, three or four. I was like, man, let's get this on the road. Let's go. (laughs) So we decided to go for a walk. And uh, it was just like, oh, I had had the intention too. I had the pushing intention thing. But as for the actual like vibe of my birth, I sort of kept like mulling over and meditating. Like I was like, I want this to be like a joyful experience. Like I want to be like, I was, it was very exhausting and long with Ruth. And I was like, I want this to be like fun. Like, Mm -hmm. I want this to be a more fun vibe with this birth. Like, I want to be like laughing and joking with people in between contractions. And I kind of like had that, that I, that I wanted. Okay. So, and it was just like good vibes throughout the day. Like we went on this walk down to the ocean and like, these guys pulled over in their car and you're kind of like, why are these guys pulling over? And then the guy yells out his window. He's like, it's a boy, isn't it? And I was like, it is a boy. And I was like, oh, it was just like in good vibes. And this other lady stopped on her You're bike. like, are you one of my followers? Thank you. <laughs> and, Paparazzi. Uh, <laughs> it was so funny though. Cause it was like these 20 something year old, like black guys in this car and they like drove by and stopped and then he's just like it's a boy and he's like i knew it i knew it was a boy and i was like oh so cute then this lady stopped on her bike and was like uh we were walking down this hill and she goes when you come back at the top of the hill you're gonna be in active labor like i just know it and everyone was just had all these like was talking to us and it was just like it was just it was just good vibes and everyone was out at the beach like playing frisbee and like 
you know, eating popsicles. It was just like so I it was bet so too, seeing a pregnant woman during the current times that we're in, there's just been so much loss like with COVID. I'm sure seeing life, there's this like visceral reaction. I saw a pregnant woman walking about the other day and I wanted to run up and just like kiss her. Cause it's just <laughs> like I see life and it's just beautiful, you know? <laughs> so you're probably just like bringing all this joy to people walking around what? with your three generations. Oh. Day. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, yeah, true. I was with my grandma and mom. It was just like, it was just nice. So that was already like good vibes. And as we were walking, like my contractions kind of were picking back up. But I knew I was like, what happened with Ruth is when the sun went down and it was like 6 p.m. or so, because it was during the winter. Um, that's when my contractions started to pick back up. So I was like, you know what? I bet I just, it's like a weird primal thing like I bet when the sun goes down I'm sure my contractions are going to pick back up um so so yeah and then we went back home had like tacos or something like that and let's see when I got my when I got my timer out started getting my timer out they didn't really pick up till maybe like 7 30 or 8 they started getting like pretty regular again okay uh and okay. and it was pretty much when the sun went down and they were like 30 40 seconds like around 7 30 coming coming about every like six or seven minutes or so so i was just texting the midwife and the birth photographer keeping them updated and yeah everything was coming pretty much every every six six or seven minutes uh, and then they started to get the contractions started to get longer around like nine thirty. Then they started to last like forty five to fifty seconds. Uh, so they were picking up like regularly. And at this time, what was really fun this time around for me is like with Ruth, I didn't like want to jinx the contractions, and so I didn't really like tell anyone, anyone I was in labor. I definitely didn't get on Instagram or any of that. But I had a lot of fun this time when I was like in early labor in the beginning of active labor, like updating people on Instagram. Oh my god, I was living for the vids. Like, so I felt like so much joy and excitement getting getting like the the you know, when you like sat down, and you're like, okay, this is where we're at now and whatever. And it felt very like, oh my God, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I've ever seen on Instagram, someone in labor, like talking. And it was like, oh my God, it was bringing back all these like fun memories. And it was just like, this is crazy. It was so fun that you were able to do that. It was cool. And then I liked reading through people's messages too. And of course, everyone is being like so positive and yeah. sweet and being you got this. Like, keep breathing. You're like, you're doing awesome. And so, like, that was really cool. Yeah. And it was actually like one of those times where it felt really fun to be plugged into social media because mm -hmm. everyone is like, yeah, everyone's just sending so much love. And that was just really cool and encouraging. So, but yeah, I was doing, I was doing pretty well. I mean, like, they started, we were watching a, we were watching a, documentary about babies or something on netflix and they were starting to get kind of <laughs> yeah they were starting to get kind of intense and uh i think it was like the last story i posted i was showing how i was doing a contraction like on the birthing ball and i think that was around like 10 30 and they were at this point coming like every four minutes apart or so like for and lasting about like 45 seconds and so Maybe it was around like 11, 
Well, I can tell you this much around 1120. I, this is what happened with Ruth too. Around 1120, I stopped timing my contractions. And that's when, you know, like, that's how I knew too. like you're in active labor when you're like, fuck the phone. I can't yeah. even like look at screen anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. This. And it was really cool though. Cause I had the same contraction timer app as I did when I was laboring with Ruth. So I could literally scroll down and see where I was at. Like, what things looked like when I was in labor with Ruth and it was, they were actually like really paralleling, which was kind of crazy. I was like, Oh my gosh, like at 10 PM when I was in labor with Ruth, like contractions were coming like every five minutes and lasting this long. Like, Oh shit. I'm like at the same place right now. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was really cool. I mean, actually like it's sort of insane because my signs of starting labor were pretty much exactly the same uh, with him. And, you know, I started labor on my due date, started labor with Ruth, like 40 and two. So pretty close together. And, you know, ultimately he ended up being seven pounds, eight ounces, and she was seven pounds, 10 ounces. So super close in weight. And with the actual labor, my early labor was basically cut in half. Cause I had about 24 hours in early labor and I had about give or take, and I had about 12 hours in early labor with him. And then it's pretty much same with active labor. I was in active labor with her for maybe like 14 hours. And with him, it was like seven. So it, like literally everything was like cut in half and that's wild, but it was very much the same. Like in, in those, like in how labor started and how early labor was like when it picked up to active labor, like, like I said, even like looking at where I was at, at like 10 PM or like 9 PM in the beginning of active labor was like the same. Uh, so I guess I'm just very predictable. Cause like, I, I don't know. The pregnancies scary. are similar. The, the, I mean, all of this, that's, that is pretty, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So Mm, let's see oh and also though i started like this this was interesting so i I think it was around 11 mm, let's see i can look it up in my text wait can i ask something quick what was the nausea what was the nausea situation for you this time because i know that you were throwing up that you were feeling sick okay i'll get (laughs) i called them at oh wait no i called them in the morning yeah, I called I called the birth photographer in the and the midwife in the morning because I was like, you guys, like, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Like, uh, I could be having this baby anytime soon. Like, who knows? Uh, well, I think I called them at like I called them at like 11 or 1130. I called the birth photographer and the midwife. And it definitely is helpful second time around, too. You kind of know when it's like more real shit yeah when it's getting uh, real serious well, the first time you know it was rough like the the experience with my doula was weird and i like wasn't sure i was sort of convinced i wasn't actually like in active labor for so long and yeah. then for those who haven't listened to ruth's birth story like i basically my mom was finally like i think we should go to the birth center and then when we got there i was like nine centimeters dilated but I just oh, didn't. Yeah, that was crazy. We'll link I, Ruth's birth story oh. in the episode notes here. Oh, so you, but, yeah, but, you all can parallel it. Yeah. <laughs> Do the so strings just, across. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so she, the midwife and the 
uh, birth photographer got there around. I like knowing. I like hearing other people's time. So sorry if you guys don't care, but I'm going to say it. Um, she I say it, please. <laughs> okay, so they came at 1140 p.m. Uh, so I had called and I, I had stopped timing my contractions around 1120. So things had started picking up around like 11 o'clock or so. And I was like, OK, I think it's time for them to come. Grace started blowing up the birth tub and all that kind of thing. Now, the interesting thing was at this point, I was like really kind of in active labor because I much preferred to be in my bedroom with all, almost all the lights out. The bathroom had like a little nightlight. And I was doing a very similar thing to the first time around where I needed to like be in the dark. I was kind of lounging on the bed and then I would have to kind of get up and go to the bathroom and kind of like shuffle around through a contraction. The weird thing was, though, that I didn't experience the first time is I was super, super in my head during active labor. Like I had listened to so many birth stories. I mean, I was listening to the birth hour like every single day yeah. and I've been like immersing myself in so many different people's stories like I couldn't shut off my brain and so I was going through this weird like like um sort of like anxious thought spirals where I'd be like well that last contraction was like 45 seconds but like this one's only like even though they're five minutes apart like this one was only like 30 seconds long so am I not actually like is labor going to stall like am I going to be doing this for like however many more out like I was super in my head like were you feeling were you feeling emotional too or just anxious no, just anxious. And okay. I just had like a lot of racing thoughts where I was like, and at this point in my labor with Ruth, like this is where I was at. And like, and I was getting sort of anxious. I was so tired. Like Gray and I normally go to bed at like 1030 or 11. <laughs> he goes a little early birth. I, yes. And so it was like 11 o'clock. And I was like, oh, dude, like if I have to do this all throughout the night, like I'm going to be so goddamn tired. And yeah. so I was kind of thinking about that. I was like, I don't want this to go on for another 12 hours. I'm going to be exhausted. Like, I kept saying, I was like, I just want to like take, I just want to go to sleep right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sleepy, but I have to go through these contractions. And I was just like having all these weird racing thoughts. And that was something that I didn't experience with Ruth. And so the whole team, like my midwife and her two assistants and the birth photographer and my grandma and my mom and Grayson, like, I didn't mind them being there, but they were like all out in the living room. And uh, I started getting sort of like, like if anyone was talking loudly, I'd be like uh, in a contraction. I'd be like, you need to like stop talking like you. You guys need to be quiet. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like a lot. I know. And then I started laughing in between the contraction because um, there was this there's this uh, woman on Instagram who was she she basically live streamed her birth and she was doing it to raise money uh, for black maternal health. And but like she had a super short labor and I was cracking up during her live stream because she was like literally screaming at her husband and her sister because <laughs> they'd be like talking like in like while she's having a contraction, like even just whispering. And she'd be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. And like that was so me where I and I, so I told that story and I was laughing. I was just like, it's so it's so funny. So just be like, you guys need to stop right now and respect me. Uh, so they were, they were fucking loud. They're yeah. like, they're filling up the birth tub and stuff, and like the light, they're flipping the lights on yeah, and off. You're and like, just like, I'm in a, I'm in a zone. <laughs> I was pissed, but it was kind of funny. So then I'd like go out and I'd sit on the couch and kind of like, and then get, and then if I was like, oh, contractions coming, I gotta come back in the bedroom. 
And I was telling them, though, you know, I was like, I'm having, I'm like getting so in my head. So I was trying to release it by just being like, I'm getting in my head and stop doing that. Do you think some of getting in your head too might have been because then you also know the the postpartum piece? Like, you know, I'm going to sleep is going to be minimal. I now have a second. Now there are two. It like, just because I feel like before you give birth, you're not so much aware of the postpartum. So you're like, I just have to make it to the end versus like now already being a mother. It's like, I, there's a lot more ahead that I'm going to have to. You know, that may have going been going on subconsciously. Consciously, I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was just like over, I was, an, I was, you know what I was doing? I was analyzing everything. I was yeah. analyzing yeah. like I was like a birth professional or something. <laughs> Well, you are pretty much. (laughs) Okay, Brads, I don't know about you all growing up. I wanted braces so badly, right? Around the third grade, I was dead set on getting braces because I wanted to get all those different colored bands like my friends and get to leave school early for the orthodontist appointment. I mean, what kid doesn't like the sound of that? Well, be careful what you wish for because I did get braces then and, uh, and then I got them again my freshman year in high school, and it was the worst, okay? Not only were they painful, they were a huge pain to clean. And true story, this is true. At my freshman homecoming dance, I had a pink dress that matched my pink cast because I had broken my wrist and also matched my pink braces. It was a pink nightmare. Um, I am. I'm so grateful looking back. I'm so grateful that I was able to have braces, but I can tell you, things would have been a whole lot better if Candid Clear Aligners had been around back then. Candid Clear Aligners get you all the results of traditional braces without any hassle. The average treatment length is only six months, and you'll start to see noticeable results way before then. Plus, the whole thing is effortless. The aligners are delivered right to your door, and the treatment includes monitoring by your orthodontist the whole way through. For a fraction of the cost of braces, a fraction, it's pretty wild. Uh, it's a huge deal cost-wise. It's still insane to me just how expensive braces are. With Candid, a straighter smile is available to everyone as it should be. Plus, the entire process is prescribed and monitored by an orthodontist. Uh, some other aligner sets leave you to just kind of cross your fingers and hope it's going okay, which isn't my style because, you know, mom is a little bit of a control freak. Um, but with Candid... You're leaving it to the professionals. So are you ready to take the first step towards those straighter teeth? For a limited time, you can get started with $75 off by using code chatty at candidco.com slash chatty. That's candidco.com slash chatty, C-A-N-D-I-D-C-O.com slash chatty, and use code chatty for $75 off. That's candidco.com slash chatty, enter code chatty. Here's another thing, Broads. On a different note, if you've ever had major job envy over someone with a quote-unquote creative role because it looks so fun and inspiring, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Uh, There's a ton of not creative work that goes into these projects as well, and I speak from experience when I say creative roles are so fun, but the non-creative work behind that cannot be as fun. And I'm so happy I found out about issue because now I can do what I love, like create content, and they handle all of those extra details. Broads, this is a godsend. Issue is perfect for creators, marketers, designers, publishers, any job that needs to create content, which is basically every job nowadays. Uh, Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute content you've been searching for. Um, I I can't tell you how many hours I've spent pre-issue 
editing content only to have to reformat it a million times over to fit each specific platform. And I know it might sound dramatic, but it'll make you want to freak out. Okay. So with Issue, you can create it once and distribute it everywhere. Everything is easily optimized to post on your website and social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. All you have to do is upload the PDFs and the files of the content you want to format and issue transfer uh, transforms them using your vision and customizable templates. This seriously takes so much of this tedious work out of it. I'm telling you, whether you're in creative fields or own your own business or starting a business or starting a podcast, my goodness, like we're saying, every business needs social media basically now and have creative outlets now. So check out this platform. I'm telling you, they make everything shockingly simple and yes, so much quicker. Saving time. Yes, yes, yes. Best of all, it's free to get started with Issue. Go to issue.info slash chatty to sign up for your free account. That's spelled I-S-S-U-U dot info slash chatty to sign up and let them know you heard it, uh, heard about it from our show. Remember, that's info not dot com. Go to issue.info slash chatty to get your free account today. Yeah. And it's also interesting because um, with Ruth, I, you know, I didn't get checked until we got to the birth center. So I didn't have any gauge of where I was mm. at prior. Like I didn't know like, oh, this is what it felt like when I was at five centimeters or yeah. like at three seven or whatever and it's really interesting I would I I do sort of wish I knew for each birth like where I was at in different stages because I know some people will dilate from like a three to a ten in like an hour you know or some people right. will stay at it for like three four or five hours or whatever I have no idea but <laughs> I do know that I just kept saying like I'm getting really in my head and I was in here and I was taking turns with I, I was definitely though the the theme for this birth was I felt much more like independent. Like I sort of needed my mom like throughout the whole labor the first time. And I still did need like someone like I would lean on my mom or I would lean on on Gray. Oh, my God. You know what? I forgot. I was very emotional, though, about Ruth not being there. And since she had got picked up that morning and she was with my mother-in-law, I was like, I, I said at the end of the day, I was like, God damn it. Like if I knew I was an early labor, I was going to be an early labor all day. Like I would not have had Linda come pick her up. Yeah. Like I, I was like, I really wish she was there. And I was getting really emotional and active labor being like, I miss her. Like, I wish I got to spend all day with her. So I, I was actually really emotional about that. And I was crying. I was like sitting on the couch in between contractions at one point, like crying to Greg because I was like I miss her and like I wish she was here and like and oh and I actually text Linda and I was like I want her to come like I want you to bring her down in the morning like if I if I have had the baby like I want you to come like at her drive down like during her first nap because I want to see her and so I had like text her that at like 10 p.m. because I was like I want my baby So I was I was feeling emotional about that. And at one point I had a moment with my mom and we were both crying because I was like, like, I'm your baby. And like, Ruth is my and like, you know, like, I just love her so much. And then you're here. And so that that was emotional. But uh, 
So then it got to the point, I want to say this is like maybe like 1230 or like one or so. I don't remember sometime around then. And I remember the midwife came in because I was basically like in my contractions. I was like, this sucks. Like this blows. And if you'll remember, like during my contractions with Ruth and you've had the same way with Ember, like I was I I said to my mom and, and Gray, like, this shit is not as hard as everyone says it is. Like when I was dilated at a nine and the contra- I was like, I'll con- I'll keep contracting all day. Not- <laughs> all <laughs> I was like, I'll do that. Pushing like we can hold off. I'll keep contracting for. Yeah. You want me to go to a 17? I'll go to the fucking 17. <laughs> because like I had heard so many people say like, oh, I felt relief when I was pushing. Yeah. And I was like, can't wait. Like I, yeah. I did not want to be pushing like I was not ready for that. So but this time I was like, dude, this shit blows like these contractions suck. And uh, really? and I was also like, I, yeah, I was just like in my head. And I remember my midwife came in and she goes, do you want me to check you? Because like, I think you're further along than you think you are. And I was like, no, like, no, I don't want you to check me. I was like, no, because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a fucking four. I'm going to be dilated to four. I'm going to freak the fuck out. Like, no, don't do not check me. And she was like, okay, okay like, fine. I, I was so adamant about that. I was like, don't, don't check me. Like, I don't want to know. I'm going to freak <laughs> out. So... It was like around 1.30 where finally, this is hilarious. So my mom and my grandma were all worried about the birth tub. Like, how are you going to keep, like, how are we going to keep it hot? So they had that hot water blasting and the midwife wanted it at 99. It was at 106. <laughs> and they had that shit boiling. They were ready to cook me and Franklin together in that tub. So you're like trying to put your toad and you're just like, <laughs> I didn't know any of scalding hot like steam just like yeah and they literally had pots of boiling water on the stove because they're like we might have to add this to it like it's gonna get cold i think they i think we all underestimated like how a giant pool of hot water will stay hot for a long ass amount of time i'm just like living for the idea that like you have two generations like your mom and your nana are in the kitchen boiling hot water and preparing it for your birth and that just feels so like cool and community and that's just like gives me chills very esque too (laughs) but also they're Uh, like burning you alive (laughs) so i didn't know any of this was going on but probably like 1 a.m then i'm like they can tell i'm i'm getting like i'm getting further into labor so then they're trying to like get ice cubes in the tub to like <laughs> like dumping trays of ice in it <laughs> so dumb <laughs> at 1 30 so I, I had no idea i was in my cave my chamber um <laughs> 1 30 uh and and yeah like i said i was more independent but like also gray i utilized him more than the first time so i got to lean on him and and he was mm. just kind of but everyone was mostly just hanging out like around me which was totally fine. I was down with it. And, uh, and then I, I do remember every once in a while I'd be in the bedroom and like, they were all doing something. I'd be like, I need someone, I need someone right now. Cause I like needed somebody to lean on throughout through the contractions. I was like, somebody get their ass in here now. I don't care if it's a photographer or like my grandma, someone get in here. So around 30, I was like, okay, can I get in the tub now? And everyone was like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. You should totally get in the tub. 
And so I got in the tub, felt amazing. Uh, was it a good temp? <laughs> it was. It was hot. I, it didn't feel it at first. Like, and they had cooled it down. It's probably like a hundred or something. But also, I was probably going through transition. Oh, also, I did throw up uh, once or twice when I was in my room. Like, okay, around. So, so the nausea uh, still round two nausea. I threw up. Yeah. I threw up twice, which was like two sets of throwing up, which was like the same with Ruth threw up once a little earlier. And then, and then I also threw up at one point when I was in the tub too. I'd be so curious Uh, to know the percentage of women who get nausea during this process. And also when, because I know the only time that I got sick was when I was like, in transition yeah when i was in transition i'm curious about the percentage of that i think it's that's pretty common but it's interesting because the same like i threw up once when i was like earlier at home like around 3 a.m and then i threw up at like 8 a.m this is when i was in labor with ruth like when i was actually like in transition like basically right before i started pushing and it was similar this time too i think i threw up probably around like midnight or so and then i threw up like probably at like 2 a.m which was pretty much just shortly before i ended up i'd be so curious to know if the first throw up for you is at the same centimeter both times and that's what i'm saying and i think probably like six bleh (laughs) maybe it's the beginning and end of transition i don't know so when i got in the tub i was like burning hot and i don't know if that's because i was going through transition and because the tub was hot but everyone's job was to like have books fanning me. So everyone's around <laughs> fanning me. Did you like, instruct them to do that? Great. Yes. Grayson was literally in the rocking chair, just fanning me. Make sure it's a good book. <laughs> no bullshit. <laughs> I need to look good for the photos. They're all just sitting around fanning me. Yeah. When anyone would stop, I'd be like, you start fanning me again now. Now. Uh, oh. <laughs> labor stalled out a little bit for maybe like 10 minutes and then things picked like right back up uh but i was like falling asleep in the tub hanging over the side of it like in between contractions and they started getting so fucking strong in the tub where i was like it was so weird i was like hunched over the side and i'd be like holding on to someone's hand and i'd be like like kicking my legs out behind me like straightening them because i was like trying to just like move or like get some sort of relief and then i was in between contractions if i wasn't sleeping i was like standing up because i was so hot in the <laughs> tub and they'd be like do you want to get out and i was like no i just need to like do, i just need to do my thing and so you're I just got in the bright t- red scalding <laughs> uh burns all over my body <laughs> <laughs> so i was like let's see i got in the tub around like 1 30 and that I was having those really strong contractions for maybe like 45 minutes or so. Fun fact, I did not get checked at all during my whole pregnancy or during my whole labor. I didn't get checked once. Not once. Actually kind of, wow. Not once. Throughout my whole pregnancy and my whole labor. That's wild. Which, it was kind of cool, actually. I was like, that's sort of neat. It's like super... The the thing that felt really cool about this birth and this pregnancy is it was really neat to know in hindsight, like I wouldn't do it alone, but it was cool to know that I could have done it alone. That like literally 
like my body and the birth and everything could have happened like with me completely by myself. You know, that is a trip to think about. That is a trip to think about. Like you could have been in a camping situation off the grid this whole time and like you situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. World War Z sitch and you could have figured it out. It's yeah, and I would have perfectly healthy like pregnancy and birth. That was a really cool feeling. Yeah. Uh, and and it's funny because you know like I think myself and other people like usually word empowering for like the first time around and like I felt that but like not really like the first and it wasn't for any particular reason but like the first word that came to my head with like my birth with Ruth wasn't really empower like that definitely wasn't like the first word on my mind it's like mm-hmm. that was an empowering experience and I think that people like automatically think that if you've had like an unmedicated vaginal birth that that's like automatically empowering and I think that's kind of like a misconception mm-hmm. like I don't that's necessarily true and sometimes it's because of like traumatic situations mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just like that's not that that's not your personal experience and i and being able to compare the two i really felt like my first experience for whatever reason no no reason in particular like didn't have the same like impact of feeling empowering mm-hmm. like i felt like i felt like i survived is kind of how i felt the first time around what to be, would be the like, word what would be the word that you would you would use with ruth's birth like survived Survived. like that's kind of that's kind of how like I felt and it felt like good that I survived it and that Mm -hmm. I made it through but like I wouldn't say like it was empowering Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and like you know I feel like I've been talking about it like as if the first time around was totally traumatizing and like it wasn't it was like a it was a great experience um and and there was like a couple things I would change, but like it, it was awesome. And like I still felt like, e- even though parts of it were hard, I was like 100%. I'll do it again. And it wasn't like the most excruciating pain. You know, we've we've talked about this on other episodes, but I just want to make that clear. Like it's not like it was a traumatic, excruciating experience. Like like I said, when I was fully dilated, I was like, this isn't that hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting because like being able to compare, I didn't really feel like my first experience was empowering, but this one definitely felt that way. Mm. So, so I was having those crazy contractions in the tub and, and they were awful. And I was starting to feel like the feeling that I had not felt the first time where I was like, I am ready to get this baby out. Like I will. You had that feeling. Yeah, because the contractions fucking sucked. <laughs> and I was saying to my I was saying to my midwife, I was like, is it I was like, Lindsay, is this going to be over soon? And she was like, Yes, you're getting like you're really close, like you're good. And I was like, Okay, because this better be over soon. Like, I am not doing this for like five or six more hours. Like, hell no. And she, but I knew from listening to birth stories and stuff, I was like, okay, the moment when you're like, I want a fucking epidural, I'm over this shit. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people say that's like right when you're getting close to the end. And so I was feeling it and, and I hadn't felt this with contractions the first time, but this time I was like, it's funny. Cause I'm still self-aware cause my mom and grandma were there. So I wanted to be like, fuck throughout the contractions. But instead I was just like, Oh my God. But I was verbalizing like that. <laughs> you're just like, Oh Lordy. <laughs> There's a couple contractions where I was like, oh my God. And that's all I could say through that. And I was yeah. like, oh my 
my god straight up like that uh awful and then dude craziest fucking feeling um i and then all of a sudden oh 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 oh, oh. so like i still had my bra and underwear on and then i felt a snap and my water with Ruth didn't break until I was getting examined. And then I think she, I don't know if it broke because of her examining or if she broke the waters. I'm not really sure. But either way, that's when they broke. Uh, but my water broke in the tub and I felt the snap. And, and I don't know if I felt the drop in my pelvis or not. I think maybe so. But I like immediately, like, I don't know how I ripped off my underwear so fast. <laughs> They're just like breakaways. <laughs> Yeah, like so quick because I was like in that moment, all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, he's going to come out like right now. And this is not what happened. But I was like, oh, my God. So I like ripped off my underwear and the and it's funny because I remembered you saying like it's like a rubber band. And I totally felt that rubber band. It's a weird feeling, right? And then that drop, it's just like, no, no. It's not like it's a like snap, a, like a pain snap. It feels like just like, you know, there's no other way to kind of just, I don't a rubber know. Band. It's like, tap. it's yeah. almost like you can, almost like you can hear it inside your body. <laughs> I've told, like the, I've convinced my brain that I heard it, even though I know I probably did. I felt the same way. I felt like I'd like heard a snap. Yeah. <laughs> I can't explain it. Very weird, very weird experience. But so I felt that and I felt my water break. And very shortly after that, I felt in such a tangible way. So I don't know if you felt this, but I didn't feel it the first time because I was slowly pushing down the birth canal and out for like three hours. I didn't really feel it. I like started feeling it doesn't really feel like I don't know. It didn't feel like I expected it to feel, but I started feeling his head making his way down the birth canal and my my vocalizations and the way I was making sounds suddenly shifted to be like, I I can't even explain it, but I started making like push more like pushing sounds. Like I could feel like as I was vocalizing, I was feeling, I was like bearing down as I was vocalizing and I could literally, I saw it like in my head. It was like, I saw the birth canal and I saw his head like moving down it. And I like felt him moving down my birth canal and it felt so fucking good because I was like, oh "Oh my God, like the contractions are over and I'm about to push him out. Like I'm about to. And that was sort of my a little mantra I had been doing where I was like, it's funny. I didn't feel this way with Ruth either. I didn't feel like stoked to meet her. And that sounds kind of fucked up, but I was just like kind of trying to get through it. It's having no. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't feel both my pregnancies. I'm not the kind of person that's like, it's just not me. I don't know why I I don't feel like, Oh, my baby. And like, Mm -hmm. this is my baby in my belly. Like, I just don't personally feel that kind of connection. And I didn't feel super connected to Ruth right after she was born. I was just kind of like, Holy shit. We made this, made it through this. Like, (laughs) And I felt that way all through postpartum too, is like you and I are just surviving through this together. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know you and my life is really hard right <laughs> now. Like that's how- <laughs> Who are you? That's how I felt through the newborn phase. Yeah, no, I feel you. Girl. <laughs> I did yeah. not feel what you're talking about though with that drop. I did not. I felt the drop, but the, right. the, the go, the, the shifting in. No, right. you feel 
I felt that with Ruth, like the, the drop, drop into your pelvis, but not the birth canal. I did not feel that. Definitely not. Me neither. And I felt I, it was like I saw him in my head moving down the birth canal. And I was just like, I'm going. To, and, and that's what I've been saying throughout labor is like, I'm going to meet my baby. I'm so oh. excited. Like, and so I felt that in the birth canal. I was like, oh, my gosh, like one, this is almost over. Like, yes. <laughs> and like, I'm about to meet him. And I started straight up laughing. Like I was laughing, smiling and gray after was like, that was really weird. Like during that whole pushing phase, because it was kind of like. <laughs> having sex like it was really weird wow and, is that was that like, photo of you with that big beautiful smile i looked like that all throughout like the pushing phase i was straight up like laughing and smiling throughout like that whole maybe like 15 20 minute really? period of time yes i was like i i was like laughing out of just sheer joy that it was almost over and i was just like laughing i was like so happy because it was also like the sensation that i had been waiting for and i like wanted it like it just was all so right and it felt so right and i was just so excited that photo it was like chills all over my body like big smile like i mean like multiple photos like that i was just grinning throughout like I I was so, I was so fucking happy and I could, so I felt like there was one contraction where I felt him move pretty much down my whole birth canal throughout one contraction. And I was making those like grunting, pushy sounds. And it was like, he got basically all the way to the end of the birth canal and then the contraction stopped and I felt him, I felt him go completely back up, Yeah, which is, it was just like a sensation. I had did not feel the first time at all, like feeling him go all the way down and coming all the way back up. And, um, but I was just so stoked. I was like, hell yes. And maybe that happened two contractions, maybe just one. I don't think it was more than two. And then on the third, let's maybe even say fourth contraction of like this little pushing phase. uh, I was on my knees, by the way, during these. And I just felt him moving down again and then i just was pushing 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 bearing down bearing down and i started feeling his head come out and started feeling it crowning and i just still felt the urge to push so i just kept pushing and pushing and i pushed his head out during (gasps) through one contraction from like that like he came from the top of the birth canal came down the birth canal and came crowned and came fully out in one contraction and no and when when he was crowning when he was crowning, I kind of was like, Meh! like it gave some sort of like shriek scream and kind of like stood like almost like tried to stand up out of the birth, out of the birth tub. And, and, but his head came out in like one go. And there was a split second where I was like, there was a very, I mean, it was like a tiny fraction of a second where I was like, okay, I could like stop and let him come back up. But I was like, no, I still feel the urge to push. Like, I'm just going to keep pushing. I'm just going to like get his head out in one go. And I did. And so I like felt the ring of fire like briefly, but not really. Like, I mean, it was, it was just fast. Like yeah. it was all <gasps> one push. So it was out. Were you like, were, was your midwife, were people talking you through it or were, were you just doing this like organically? I didn't, I didn't really like say that I was pushing, but I'm guessing like the midwife 100% knew I was because like, like I said, my tones of like the sounds I was making completely changed yeah i don't know i don't even remember what they sounded like but i 
but it but wasn't I like I was, all right now we're gonna start it's just it ju- whoa no, it i was on my knees and it just went yeah it, yeah it was so organic from just going through my contractions and uh i told her my water broke when i felt that when i ripped off my underwear and but like i didn't say anything no one was really saying anything to me that i remember uh but yeah i started making those pushing sounds so i'm sure she knew i was in the pushing phase but yeah no one was really saying anything i think they were just like go you got it like everyone was just kind of like cheering me on but i was so (laughs) that's wild becca yeah and the head just totally came out and i felt his head come out and it was like the bet like I, i i think especially after that first experience i was just like fuck yes was like the feeling I was like yes and then that's when I was just like I, I'm sure I was I mean I was laughing when I was feeling and moved down the birth canal and like in between those contractions because I just knew what was happening it was just making me so overjoyed and then when his head was out I like flipped around I don't even know how I like flipped around and sat there's like a little step in the birth pool and I like sat on the step and had my legs out. So then I was leaning back and I just had his head out and I was just like smiling and I could, and I like felt his head and I was like laughing. And then I asked the midwife, I was like, is it okay if I just like wait until my next contraction contraction to push out his body? Like I couldn't remember it. She was like, yeah, that's fine. He's totally good. They were, they, they were monitoring me. He was totally fine. And uh, so I was just like laying there waiting for my next contraction. But I was like, I was like, his fucking head's out. Like, this is amazing. Like, this is oh my so, God. like I was just on cloud nine. And then uh, and then I felt another contraction coming on. I started trying to push and I could actually just like feel all my I was pushing out like my water. Like I could just feel. And oh, and through all this labor and everything, I had my eyes closed, like throughout almost everything. And um, you were just visualizing. Yeah. And I don't think I even like opened my eyes until his body came out. I don't really remember. I maybe looked down to see his head, uh, but I felt like water pushing out. And I think I asked my midwife, I was like, is that blood? And she was like, no. So I knew I was just pushing out my water. I could like feel it like going through. And then finally I got like the contraction got strong enough that I was able to just like push out his body. And, and he like, kind of like flew out and there's this crazy photo maybe we should post it on the chatty broads one it's like kind of it's really dim and it's really blurry but you can see like his little arm like he's coming off of like a water slide like like in the water and as he's just like you can see him he's just like shooting out like he's out of he's out of me and he's in the water but you can see his little arm up oh and he's just like, my god um and so he shot out and um and then I kind of like reached forward because he sort of like shot out and was just kind of like floating for a second. And I like had him, but I was holding him and I was still holding him underwater because I knew that like uh, babies, their like reflex to take a breath. They won't take a breath until they hit air. So I knew that he was still fine because he was attached to my umb- umbilical cord. So I so- sort of like held him under or didn't hold him underwater. That sounds so morbid and scary, but I was sort of like holding hey, him. him safe underwater. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like looking at him and then I just like slowly brought him out of the water and just like placed him on my lap. And it was just I was so just I was just so elated and I just and the cord was pretty short, so I couldn't bring him up onto my chest. Uh, But 
he we I just sat like that with him like on resting on my legs and the, you know the midwife didn't rush to do anything she's like that's fine we can sit here we can like wait for the cord to stop pulsing and he just sat on my lap like half submerged in the water and he didn't even he took a little while to cry they were like checking him and he was like fully fine the cord was pulsing he had enough oxygen his color was really good but he like wasn't even he didn't even cry for like the first few minutes. Like he, it was like, he didn't even know he had been born. He just like sat there in my lap with his eyes closed. Oh, and I have cried. Cra- I mean, crazy chills. That's, this is wild. It was straight up. Like he didn't know he had been born and he just sat there in my lap and we all sat there in the room for like 15 minutes probably. And he was just there on my lap in the water and he did eventually cry, but he barely even cried and uh, and he just like he was like still sleeping, like he stood his little eyes closed on like on my on my knees, just like there in the water. He was like just so blissed. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, cool. And then, uh, yeah. And then eventually he's like, OK, I'm ready to get out of the tub with him. And so we moved to the bed. OK. This is the <laughs> this is the worst part of the whole birth story, and it it wasn't even that bad. But like, okay, the a- you know the afterbirth pains when you're you're contracting. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. Really, I didn't know this, but they get worse with like each kid that you have. And I think Good to know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that like it might be because I don't really know why. I'm totally speculating, but I've noticed that I've stopped or I've. Like the bleeding has tapered off way quicker this time around. Oh, so I think that like your your body, your uterus is basically like we it knows what to do. But the contractions were what like the afterbirth contractions. For those of you who don't know, it's like to make sure you push out the placenta and are and then eventually it's like pushing out all the other blood and shit that's in your uterus. It happens over the course of like, well, it could take up to a few weeks. Like up to that's why they do that six week check to make sure your cervix is closed and like everything's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in those first, like you have contractions to get the placenta out and everything else. So uh, those contractions were no fucking joke. And I started kind of panicking. <laughs> I was like freaking out. I was laying in bed and like, and Franklin was like laying on my chest. And at one point, I was like, someone else has to hold him. Like I was freaking out. I was like <gasps> writhing. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially because it, you push him. Did you push him in two pushes? Let's or, say, let's say like maybe three or four. Oh, okay. I mean, wild, especially going from pushing for like three hours before to like three. So you're blissed out. And then all of a sudden you're like, excuse me, what? <laughs> Yeah, remember, I fucking hated the contractions. And then when I started having them again, I was like, I was like, I'm traumatized. Like I can't <laughs> right now. It's so weird. It's like immediately after, like when you start having contractions again, you're like, I thought this was over. And it's not even like really that bad. It's maybe like bad period cramps, but you're just like, you're so, so you're, done. You're done. Yeah. You're so so done. I was like, I was like freaking out. I was like, getting me a hot pad, like shoot me up with morphine, like whatever you <laughs> do, make it stop. But oh yeah, God. they give you like some strong Advil or something, gave me a heat pad and eventually I calmed down. But I was literally like whimpering. I think I cried and I was like, I was like, I, this, I hate this. And my midwife actually really helped. She was like, she just sat there and she was like, 
you're safe. You're safe. And I was like, is this normal? And she's like, yes, like you're, you're safe here. And she kept saying that kind of stuff. And then my mom came and hugged me and I was totally fine. I delivered the placenta and it was like, so you delivered the placenta on the bed. Oh yeah. Interesting. Not in the tub. Okay. That's what I did the first time. I got out of the tub. Okay. 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 I got out of the tub pretty quick though. The first time around, they, they kind of got me out of there really fast. I don't really know why. Uh, but I, yeah, pushed out the placenta on the bed. Such a weird feeling. It's really weird. It doesn't hurt to push it out because you just pushed a baby through yeah. that. I don't, I don't remember. You don't? No. I put, it came out really fast. My placenta came out oh, really? really fast. Yeah. And so Ember was on my chest after giving birth to her, her cord. They still hadn't cut the cord or Evan still hadn't cut the cord yet. And I delivered my placenta like it was like, oh, quick, cut the cord. And it was like coming. I, And I don't remember feeling it. I was like kind of like all my, you know, all the uh, all the uh, endorphins and serotonin was just like all over the place. And I don't I actually I don't know when they cut the cord. It was we were I think they wanted to wait. And, oh, it was so cool. When he was on my lap, I could like feel the they told me to feel the cord and I could you could feel it pulsing. It's like, <gasps> ooh, ooh, ooh. You could feel all the blood oh my like gosh, that's so ooh. cool. Yeah, so I think we waited until it stopped pulsing. I'm not sure. But yeah, delivered the placenta and was still kind of freaking out because I was having contractions. <laughs> I was like totally freaking out. I was so cool throughout most of the labor. And then, of course, after I'm like, oh, I was a wreck. <laughs> I was fine. Uh, but they did persist. Like I had fairly strong cramps for like three first three days. Really? Uh, and of course, they get stronger when you're nursing because like we have... Um, we have what's it called? What's the love? Hmm? The love hormone. What's the love hormone? Is it serotonin? No. The endorphins, the serotonin. Yeah, I think. No, you know what this release when you nurse or when you have sex or when. Oh, I can't think. I can't. Anyway, so when you nurse, you release those hormones and it makes you contract harder. So that sucks. (laughs) But like I can't handle all this love that I feel. Okay, my love is so encompassing yeah. and overpowering. It's contracting my uterus like you would not believe. Dude, the love is too intense. All right, broads. I have to tell you. Recently, I decided to. Uh, I decided to try and cut back on sugar due to headaches and it making me super hyper and then crashing like crazy throughout the day, which is easier said than done because I am the cookie monster in human form. But during this quarantine, things got a little bit out of hand. So it was time for me to reel it back a bit. A lot of hyper, a lot of crashing. Um, Unfortunately, cutting out sugar means cutting out like all of my favorites like cereal, or at least that's what I thought until I tried Magic Spoon. My God. Ugh. I love cereal. It's one of those classic comfort foods that just seems to fix any bad mood or stressful day. But the nostalgic cereals of our childhood are full of chemicals and sugary additives. But with Magic Spoon, you get the same great taste with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and GMO-free. It tastes amazing, too. Almost like it's too good to be true. But, I mean, this cereal has 6,000-plus five-star reviews. So I think it's not too good to be true. It just kind of tastes that way because it's so good. But it's the real deal. Um, I love being able to have a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal on a weekend morning with my daughter, Ember, while 
cartoons are playing in the background. It was one of my favorite memories with my parents growing up. It's so fun to have it with her. Their flavors will definitely bring you back with options like cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I personally bounce between uh, the fruity and the frosted as my favorites. But my goodness, that fruity flavor is so cute. Like the aesthetic of this cereal on top of everything. I don't mean to be that person, but wow. Instagram worthy times a thousand. Uh, go to magicspoon.com slash chatty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code chatty at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Uh, that's magicspoon.com slash chatty and use the code chatty for free shipping. I'm telling you, it is so good. I munch it all day. The whole family does. Oh, love them. Magicspoon.com slash chatty and use code chatty. But yeah, so I, I pushed it out. They made sure I was all okay. Don't really remember what happened. And then they left around like maybe. So he was born at 2.52 a.m. And they left. Everyone maybe left the house around like 4.30 and then um, he was like so sleepy. He barely we got him to latch a little bit, but he like gray held him. So I, I slept for a couple hours and then he brought the baby into the room. And then we the baby and I both slept for probably like four hours after really? slept super hard. Um, yeah. And then that whole first day he was sleeping like on Friday. He was sleeping like almost all day. So I asked our the lactation consultant and postpartum doula who we had on the show, Lauren. Her episode's yeah. fantastic. She was like, honestly, it's like really normal for babies to sleep a lot during the first day. And so during the first day, I could barely even wake him up to feed him. And well, then he was up all night that night, but <laughs> like eating all night long. <laughs> He's just um, binging. It's just like, God, yeah. I'm starving. Yes. But that first day was so chill and and anyway, yeah, the crazy thing, Jess, that I know you will 100% appreciate, like, you know, that feeling when, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this if they've had a child and birthed vaginally, you feel so like swollen and heavy uh -huh. in your like vagina and mm -hmm. butt and everything is just like you need to sit on a donut for like three weeks is how it feels. Yep. Yep. No swollenness like at all i had like a superficial tear like a high superficial tear but um midwife was like it could maybe do one stitch but she was like i think i'll just irritate it more if i stitch it like yeah. it'll heal fine like zero swelling like if you looked Whoa. at my vagina after giving birth like it would probably look kind of fairly normal like i could feel that it wasn't swollen like at all and when i peed i could pee without crying i still of course <gasps> like my crow pose peeing because i was sure. terrified up <laughs> the, 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 the pure horror is unreal and you what it like didn't even hurt and like now i swear to god like almost oh oh and i also don't feel that feeling like we talked about where you feel like that hollow like feeling inside your vagina yeah, like there's a balloon in there <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Jess and I talked about how, like, the first months, like, you don't feel like your actual vaginal opening is like, is like wider or looser, but it's like yeah. the inside 
those sort of like cavern. A, it's yeah, it's like there's like a like a blown up balloon kind of in there, and like the yes. balloon knot is like the opening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's I I felt the exact same way. It's so weird, but I don't feel that don't at feel all. That. Like everything oh. is like virtually normal. Now, do they it's, say that it's because of like the you're pushing like of how quickly it happened because. Oh, oh, I- I'm not sure if it's because of I'm sure faster pushing has something to do with it like I'm sure because we were bearing down for so long like that has something to do with like the swelling and like all our of butts that were about to fall off because like I probably was bearing down too hard on my ass the whole time instead yeah I don't know but but I don't know if it's just like the second time around your body knows what's going on or because the pushing phase was so fast but like I like physically and down there I feel and felt like incredible and I just can't even like the emotional aspect granted I'm getting a lot more sleep this time around I guess I just because I know how to do everything like sleep deprivation hasn't been as crazy okay I think I knew like I just sort of have my rhythm and my way of doing things that Mm -hmm. I remembered from just doing it like you know, nine or 10 months ago, I was still feeding Ruth a couple times a night. So I'm sort of like, I don't know. I'm just like in a rhythm yeah, already. Yeah. Deprivation hasn't been that bad. And then like the, you know, if I feel any kind of, any kind of like emotional, like if I feel sad or if I feel any of these things, I just sort of remember it's going to be over really soon. And I don't know. This has just been like, I, it's not, it's never easy. And there's definitely moments. Like I have moments where I'll start crying. Like I started crying about gray, not cleaning out a pot of Mac and cheese. Like I had asked him to, and it's that kind of thing, you know, and that happens. I'm like, okay, like I'm not normal right now. Like Mm -hmm. I might look and, and sometimes feel normal and I might kind of act normal but I'm definitely like still not normal and I'm yeah. trying to like remind myself that because I don't want to push myself too hard yeah, but like yeah. it's not hard for me to get up and like walk to the kitchen like it's not it's just been night and day um wow. so anyway, that's Franklin's birth story and then you know he was only born like 10 days ago but I feel really good. So I'm just trying to like force myself to rest. And honestly, he's like, this is the funny thing too. When you have a second, I'm like with him and I'm like, I thought this shit was hard. Like he sleeps most of the day. What was so hard about this? Like I and Ruth just like running around, like putting things in her mouth and you're just like, Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you remember, you're like, I can't take a shower. Like, I can't get anything done. And then you're around a newborn again and you're like, what? (laughs) You're like, oh, (laughs) no, there's that thing. Like you said, with the first, there's there's because it's so new and you're like, oh, my God, it's my baby. And and you're so concerned about so many things that it's almost like you you just end up staring like at all hours of the day just staring at this little nugget that's not moving at all and is just sleeping and you're like no i have to keep watching her him i gotta keep i keep i gotta keep watching him like you can't set them down or like if they start crying for half a second you're like oh my god <laughs> it's like i'm a bad parent 
I'm just like, oh my God, I have to sue them Let immediately. I do not feel that way. I'm like setting him on the bed. I'm like, I got to go brush my teeth. I got to go give Ruth a snack. Like, I know he's fine. There's this, there's this part of you, even when like they're just born and you know they cannot move, that you're just like, I have this feeling that Ember's about to hop up and take off what? and run out, <laughs> run out the front doors. I, you never know with her. She's 10 days old, but I don't know. <laughs> like there's just that, that fear. That's just, just all encompassing. the first time I left him on the couch. I was like, wait a second. He can't move. He can't move. That means I can leave him anywhere where Ruth can't get to him virtually. Like loopholes. <laughs> this is really, this is yeah. really easy. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's kind of been the funny thing. I'm like, yeah, with Ruth, I'm like, oh, she's hard because she can literally kill herself at any turn. Yes, at you any have moment. to keep all eyes on. Also, um, so when I'm around, she like kisses his forehead and like, you know, it's so sweet. Well, I walk into the kitchen the other day to go get something and I walk back into the living room and she's standing over his swing hitting him as hard as she can like straight up arm above the head whacking in full force and i tried not to overreact but i was like okay like we're not gonna do i was freaking out i was like i've got a full-on psychopath like the minute he's like i will show my superiority you ruined my life i'm going to cook you in the oven when mother's not looking like she it was so scary so that's the only thing I have to protect. I have to be his protector and protect him from Ruth trying to murder him. Yeah, uh, I would imagine now it's like when I saw you a post of you wearing him. Like I know for myself, I didn't wear Ember often. The first like six months, I was very much just so concerned and just like literally just looking at her for six months. I would imagine now it's like, yeah, you can just kind of throw him on more, be like chasing Ruth around the house. We had a call the other day and it Ruth woke up right before. And so I was like, put him in the carrier, put her in the stroller. We're going for a walk. So during the whole call, I was like all out of breath. And I was like, so um, what I want, <laughs> but I just had her in this. I was like, this is the only way I'm going to get this done right now. Let's go. Like, oh it's just, know, you're just more relaxed as a parent. Would just- probably that has, I'm sure then your, your actual birth experience, which like you're saying was so empowering, like, Again, obviously, like you have to take care, like you have to know and and be generous with yourself. And but I'm sure there's that feeling of like that empowerment, those moments, especially throughout the day when you're doing that, when you're like, I'm pushing a stroller with my first child. I am wearing my second child. I gave birth a week ago and I am on a conference call and like I am alive. And it's just like, obviously, every birth experience is so different for everyone and every birth experience is is empowering but for you to be able to or can be empowering yeah yeah i mean wow but no i definitely feel like i i my midwife or someone was checking in on me like asking how i was processing processing the birth and i definitely felt like i wouldn't change a single thing and i didn't even feel that way the first time around and so i definitely feel that that does i do i do think we underestimate how even the smallest of like things not going the way we hoped or like, you know, yeah. maybe someone being absent or not supportive in the way we needed during a birth yeah, all the way up to like major birth trauma. I think we really underestimate how that can affect 
um, the postpartum period. Mm -hmm. Not always, but I think that that maybe even the smallest of things affected me in ways that I didn't acknowledge. Um, And this time, I think it did make a big impact to feel like I wouldn't change anything and to actually feel like really confident coming out of that experience. I feel like it definitely set the tone a bit for the postpartum period. And also it's so much easier when physically you're not in that survival mode. Yeah. I mean, that's of course, uh, of course. And he's, and he's feeding. Okay. He's feeding great. <laughs> he is. He's, we're good. We're smooth sailing over here with him. Um, and Ruth's yeah. still feeding. Ruth's still nursing. She is. It's not it's not much of a as much of a deal as I thought it would be. Like she nurses in the morning when she gets in when she gets out of her crib and well she doesn't get out of it. We take her out of her crib. But when she gets into bed with us, um, she puts she on feeds her full three piece suit and walks into her bedroom <laughs> in the morning with a briefcase. After she's made herself her coffee, um, she comes in and Can has you put a little food. cream in here, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so when she gets in bed, that's what we were doing before. Uh, she nurses, so she nurses in the morning and. Uh, She'll nurse like maybe a random time during the day and she'll nurse a little bit like before nap or bedtime, but it's not really that much of an issue. And he also like feeds in, I mean, old man's like already on a schedule. He'll feed in spurts for like maybe an hour or so. He'll be like pretty awake and like eating a lot. And then he knocks out for like three or four hours, like straight up. You'll be <laughs> passing them people, like laying down. Dare I say, I think he's like, even way chiller than Ruth. I don't. I don't even know. Oh but he's, my lord! I mean, but then also, I think. Yeah, I think that I was just in a weird. I think you're just in a weird place the first time around because I thought that that was hard, and now thinking back on it, I'm like, I guess she did sleep a lot the first <laughs> few weeks. Normal. So I think comparing it now, you know, it's like, oh, this is really easy. He's sleeping a lot. So. Yeah, just getting adjusted into the new normal. Oh, and also, Gray's gym opened up uh, that Friday. So, a.k.a. the day he was born. Listen, here's the thing. Saw that. First moment, I celebrated for both of you. And then second moment, I was like, oh, God. (laughs) The timing. Dude, this COVID bullshit, the way that they're lifting, this is what pisses me off. The way that they're lifting it. Why not just be like, on the 20, like, why not on the 20th announce that on the 27th uh, you can open? They're literally saying, they're, people are figuring out tomorrow you can open. Oh, tomorrow, by the way, gyms can open. Oh, like, no. that's how it's they... The, it's, it, I don't even understand what's happening. I don't, I, I don't, I, do, I can't keep up with anything. Bars again in LA. Yeah, like, they were open, they've been open for like a week and a half, and then they just shut them down, like yesterday so these poor bars like probably spent all this money to reopen and now it's like oh sorry well and also when you tell people they can open the next day everyone's rushing and i feel like they can't get proper like stuff in place you know to protect so gray actually they made the announcement and then he didn't open for like another week but you know he's still trying to like get things together so Yeah. yeah it ended up opening the day that he was born so, you know, believe. he's working partial hours, so that makes things a little better. Um, but this is kind of my first week, like, on my own. We have the postpartum doula coming a couple days, but it's interesting, that's for sure. It is interesting. So it's just so- you and the two a chunk of the day. Yeah, but 
yeah, right now, like with him sleeping so much and stuff, it really isn't that big of a thing. You know, me and Ruth like sit and we read books yeah. or we'll go out and I also am like really affected by the weather and being able to have it be like sunny in mm-hmm. June, I think really helps like my mood and, um, and emotions. Like when Ruth was born, it was raining for like four weeks straight. And as Angelinos, you know, you can't really. <laughs> We're not great really with the weather. I've, you know, what's funny is I felt the same way Ember was born, you know, at the end of November. And so it was gloomy and it was cold and rainy for those few months. And it, uh, it was like, I couldn't, I felt so low. And then I remember as soon as, yeah, she was like six months and the sun popped out again. It was just like, I'm living life again. And it just felt so nice. (laughs) It was just nice to be out and feeling like the sun on your skin and kind of like, you know, feet like barefoot on the ground, looking up into the sun. It just was like, oh, yeah. And like having a backyard is amazing. So being able yeah, be in the sun and be in the backyard. And it's also is kind of nice because like in LA County, things are starting to like open back up. So it sort of feels like it's sort of a strange like uh, convergence of like the world sort of like opening and then like mm. I'm not pregnant anymore. And so everything is sort of like in this transition all at the same time. Yeah. And like it's warm out. And so people are coming out more. So it's true. all kind of like a nice yeah it's all sort of a nice feels like a like collective transition um so yeah anyway that's that i cannot i can i'm not gonna ever be able to get over this whole pushing situation honestly like i know you don't want to have any more kids anytime soon but if you are ever to in the future, it's like I I want you to be able to feel that night and day experience. No, you literally like, just you saying that I was like, <laughs> I don't really want to give birth right now because I'm not ready to have another child. But like part of me wants to feel it for like a second. Like I just want to like feel that feeling again for a second. I have to say it's like that's that's what just that's why I was like laughing and smiling. I was just like, this is so awesome to like feel yeah, but then at the just, same time, it, like you said, your contra- your contractions were like this is oh, they're pitiful, they're horrible. <laughs> like so, God, it's so it's just so interesting to me, like how there were so many similarities between the two, but then there were so many like so many drastic differences. You know what I didn't feel the first time around is like I didn't feel that feeling of like when the baby's there, it all the pain just melts away. I were like I even said I was like I still feel the pain, like I. <laughs> I felt after Ruth was born, I totally felt that this time. And like, I do already feel like a week later, like I've forgotten how much everything sucked. And I'm like, yeah, I would totally like right after the birth. It was the same thing. Like with Ruth, I said to like, I said, maybe next time, you know, we'll just do the hospital epidural route. Like, I'm totally fine with that, doing that for baby number three, if baby number three is ever to come. And then already a week later, I'm like, no, I don't even remember it being like, yeah, I sort of could do it. Like I'll do it again. Like it was cool. It was great. So, oh you know. my god, I can't believe it. And there it's he great. is. Can I see him finally? Oh my! Oh my god! Get small and helpless There's and just so he's just so little. Oh my gosh! You you do produce you and Gray. I, I got to give it to you. You guys make beautiful newborn. Well, also children, but beautiful newborns because. I mean, 
Ember looked like an old man elf until she was about five months old. Like, it was pretty, like, I kept looking at her and I knew I loved her, but I was always just like, damn. You were aware that she wasn't that cute. No, oh, I was, oh, Evan and I, she came out and we started to laugh. Like, when we looked at her, we're like, oh my gosh, she's so funny looking. Like, she just wasn't. I have to say, like, Ruth was cuter as a, like, first newborn than he was. I even said that, like, right after he was born, like, when we were still holding him in the water, I go, oh, Ruth was a lot cuter as a newborn. (laughs) She came out, like, with these big cheeks and these big, luscious lips, and she was just like, she was just like, ready for my photo shoot. I'm so hot. (laughs) I'm such a sexy newborn. (laughs) I can't help it. No, he's so precious, though. He's so precious. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy that you feel good and that it was such a good experience. And I'm proud of you. And you're a fucking badass. And you're an inspiring queen. And I love you. And I love him. And I love his name. Love you too. I know. I I know. The name thing was so dumb. It was like, it, we just couldn't like ever agree like there might and there were names that we both liked but then we're like they don't fit him we went through like every fucking name imaginable and then even franklin we were just like yeah he looks like a franklin like it was it literally got to day five and i go grayson we're picking a name by the end of the day i'm over him not having a name i am over <laughs> this name. Needs a name and then we're like oh franklin like the little turtle and you know, <laughs> you know. There's something about him being like really sleepy that makes me laugh and thinking his name is Franklin. He's just like, he's just, you know, he's just a little sleepy Franklin. <laughs> sweet, sleepy yeah. little. T- oh, really? So, so sweet. And Frankie's and- cute. The name Frankie's cute. I know. it's. I feel like a lot of girls are named Frankie right now, but whatever. I love he's it. so sweet. Frankie Aww. Jane. Frankie J, Franklin. Apparently, Frankie J is one of, is the Jonas Brothers' youngest brother. Oh Isn't wow! Oh, Frankie J. Well, we hope for Frankie J that he will get the spotlight, not be the fourth brother, <laughs> not be the Kevin or the Frankie of the of the brothers. <laughs> Poor sweet Kevin Frankie. I mean, at least Kev got on stage. You know, Frankie is just their biggest fan. Which God bless you. Need your you need your biggest fan. We appreciate Frankie. I don't want- a part of the parade some people have to stand aside and clap you know we all have (laughs) oh my god i gotta go yeah but it lovely and uh i'm I'm so excited to be recording again already this just feels maybe weeks ago but i i'm you know i love it it enriches my life babes we are happy to have you back i am happy to have you back it was Oh, but a week, and I was just alone without you. So I love you. Well, and next, yes, correct. We're back to two episodes. Back to two episodes, oh, and two episodes. We still have been releasing two episodes yes. a week, but and we'll announce those episodes and what they're going to look like next week. Um, <laughs> I'll talk to you about that. <laughs> we have no game plan right now, so we'll chat with you about. I'll chat with you. I have. I have a few. I have a few. Uh, ideas we'll talk um, but then also broads just so you know I haven't even told Becca this we're going to be releasing we've been releasing those episodes um, that are redrops from um, uh, episodes that we've had before we released one with Kamali we released one uh, last week with Evian 
This week, we will release one on Friday with Jim and Nika. But on Thursday, listen, we told you broads and I said that we're going to recap JoJo's episode, which uh, aired last night. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, I promised I'd do it. So I convinced Evan to do it with me and we'll drop it on Thursday. Amazing. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you this right I'm going to tell you this right now, broads. Evan has never seen JoJo's season, so he's going to be watching this recap. I've only seen, like, here's the thing. I watched little bits of JoJo's season because I knew from the beginning who she was going to choose. I could just tell. So I just wasn't as invested. So it's going to be a short, really probably shitty recap because none of us, (laughs) neither of us know that much about it. But we said we'd do it. So we're just going to, we're going to take a stab at it. Oh, yeah. You guys, oh my god, broads, you get a, another bonus episode this week. What I the mean, hell? you know, I feel like if if Becca can if Becca can 10 days after giving birth hop on and do an episode, like we can do this for you. It's fine. Wow, a queen and a king. I'm stoked. And everyone <laughs> loved the episode with Evan that you did the recap of. We'll see how uh, it goes since again this <laughs> that it so, was that was last birth. Oh gosh, my god. Oh, can you believe it? I can't but believe it. I can't believe it. America. Well, anyway, bros, love you. Love you, Becca. Love you, Frankie. Love the family. Love you. And uh, uh, we'll chat soon. Chat soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.